Welcome to the Brain Trust Driving Change Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Bloomfield. Whether you're a leader, a coach, a salesperson, or even a parent, this podcast focuses on how to leverage the science of decision-making to help you become a more impactful communicator and a driving force for change. All right, welcome back to the Driving Change Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Bloomfield, and today's guest is a fascinating, amazing female leader in today's corporate America who has just a, an amazing story, one that's not so different than mine in many ways, uh, but it's president and CEO of Vitamix, and uh, some of you already might know that name because you probably have some of their products actually in your kitchen today, but Jody Berg. Uh, President and CEO, thank you so much for jumping on the Driving Change podcast. You are welcome. It's my pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. And I know a a busy CEO today doesn't have a lot of time, so I thank you for yours. We know how valuable it is. And what attracted me to to you and to your story, a lot of our audience knows uh, kind of the brain trust origin story around uh, my papaw. Uh, was Papa uh, Papa Bernard, and we were you and I were talking as he was the founder back years ago. Your great grandfather, uh, maybe it might help to t- tell the audience what you like them to know about Papa, and then tell them the story behind what Papa and then the subsequent generations have meant uh, to you personally and to your into your business. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, I love talking about Papa Barnard. So, Vitamix is celebrating its one 100- hundredth anniversary uh, next year already. We were started in 1921 by my great-grandfather, Papa Barnard. And uh, what was so intriguing about Papa Barnard is back in 1921, there was a a recession. Actually, it was a depression uh, prior to the Great Depression. And he, like many, many other people at the time, lost just about everything he had and kind of had to start over, even though he had a young family and a growing family. He decided to start over by uh, by getting into sales, and he probably could have sold any product, but the one that was intriguing to him was a, something called a can opener. And the reason it was intriguing to him was because he was a he had a passion even back then for how do we help people eat healthier? How do we give them the opportunity to have whole food produce uh, throughout the year? And since there wasn't a lot of opportunities to uh, to refrigerate and freeze things, it was this new thing called canned goods came on the market, and people were opening these canned goods with knives and and unprotected means that uh, they would end up getting hurt while they were opening it. So he came across this new thing called a can opener, one of the first where the blade was protected, and he was selling it even even through the Great Depression for twenty five cents a can opener. If you think about People parting with 25 cents for a can opener. How do you how do you do that during the Great Depression? Well, one the the value proposition of being able to eat healthy produce um, all year round and not be able to have your children or anyone else in the family hurt and trying to open these cans, it, it ended up being very successful and it started growing. But the thing that was important is why he was selling it and why he chose that product over anything else. So he. He really, even a hundred years ago, uh, he just set a tone for what was what we valued as a family and what this company was built on, and uh, and what Jeff was referring to is as as my uh, grandfather got involved in the company, he he took that foundation that his father had set forth for him, and he built upon it, and he had a bigger impact. Um, if you want to watch something that's entertaining, then uh, my great grandfather, Papa Barnard, 
actually did the very first infomercial that was ever recorded, and it's available out there on YouTube. And it's completely not appropriate today, uh, but back in 1949, <laughs> you know, you could you could say things differently. The world was a different place, right? Um, and how that story goes is, is my grandfather uh, was trying to convince his dad that this new median called television would be just an amazing opportunity for him to take this message and demonstration. Now, at this point, it was uh, what we call the Vitamix today, our, our high-performance blender. The, the product category of things that he's sold over the years had evolved and changed, and we eventually uh, landed on this um, on a, a high-performance blender because we felt like that could have the biggest difference in people's lives. So, so my grandfather was convinced that this television was the perfect medium. And the way the story goes is his dad just said, you know, son, that doesn't make any sense. This, this television is just going to corrupt the way people think and, and, and change the fibers of the family. (laughs) And, uh, and it's not going to last. It's just going to be this fad. And we're going to see a whole bunch of televisions on the side of the road. But eventually his, his son convinced him that you should, you should give this a try. So my great grandfather, um, went, this is in 1949. He went to downtown Cleveland and to, uh, to one of the TV studios and he walked in and he says, okay, so how much does it cost for an hour of TV time? And the people on the station said, well, you know, I mean, you have to rehearse. There's time for that. He said, no, 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 no need to rehearse. It's okay. Well then, you know, we need to build you a set. And he looked around, he says, you know, you got a kitchen set over there. I'll use that. He said, well, then we got to build in time for editing. He said, no, I just want to talk to people. I just want to tell them that if they would change the way they think about food, if they would think about food as that fuel that, that, that their body can live and grow off of and, and that the better we eat, the, the better we'll feel. In fact, in, in his words, he says, with, uh, we have, with health, we have wealth. We are the wealthiest people on the planet. That was his uh, mantra, if you will. And, uh, they said, so don't, he said, don't edit it. I just want to go live. So for the first couple of months at the end of 1949, he did this infomercial live. Uh, as rumor has it, he did it on Saturday nights. And it, it did play in cities all over the U.S., including New York. So I kind of think we started Saturday Night Live, but I don't, I, we don't get any credit for that. Uh, what we, in 1950, though, he did actually record it. So the one that's on YouTube is is like about month three of him doing this infomercial. But if his son hadn't, hadn't convinced him to do something different with the foundation that, that Papa Barnard had already built, then we wouldn't have taken it as a family to the next level. And then his, my, uh, my grandfather had uh, six kids and two of his sons, one being my uncle and then one being my father, had the opportunity to lead the organization at different times. And each one of them have, have taken, taken and said, you know what, with this foundation that I have, that I've been given, and I've also been charged with stewarding this, uh, this amazing um, company and, and philosophy on, on health and whole foods, he says, what, what can we do as a result, of, um, a result of the things that have done what people that came before. That's amazing. I think that a couple of things I took away from that story is one, as visionary as Papa was, he still had some limiting beliefs around change. And if it weren't for his son challenging his conventional thinking to look uh, at differently, uh, you guys might not have become who you've become as a company today. And so for, for those that are out there, it's that idea of driving change 
you know, sometimes you need other people to speak into your life. And no matter how visionary or how talented or how amazingly gifted you are at one thing, sometimes somebody else can speak something into your life to really get you to maximize that vision and that potential. And had your grandfather not done that for your great grandfather, well, you know, you might be doing something entirely different. You might be teaching with Dr. Boyatzis at Case Western instead of running Vitamix now, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you think about it, it's really about what do you have that, that you are using as your compass. And if you're using a goal or um, or a destination as your compass, then you're you're only going to make decisions that are going to get you to that particular point in time. But if you're using a a purpose as your compass, and it, and the purpose of that my great grandfather had and my grandfather, they they share the same purpose, which was how do we help more people understand that the food that they eat truly is having an impact on how they feel, and how do we how do we make it possible for people to realize that that they could prepare food uh, differently, easier, and it could taste really great, and they can incorporate into lifestyle and make those changes? Because they shared that purpose, then you said, as you mentioned, my, my great-grandfather had uh, kind of had blinders on to say, well, yeah, that's my purpose, but I can't even imagine how this TV television phenomenon could help that. And my grandfather, sharing the same purpose, was able to help him see that this would be a vehicle to achieve that purpose. If my great grandfather had just said, no, my purpose is to sell as many Vitamix machines as I can, traveling from one show to the next, talking to maybe 15 or 20 people at a time, and that was his, what was driving him as a compass, then it would have been limited. And, um, and so it's really about what you're using as your compass. Now, with that in mind, since you have a very similar compass, obviously, um, how, do, how do you challenge yourself uh, to be open to change today as a leader, knowing that you can't always do things the way you've always done them, or you'll continue to get what you've always gotten, or even less than what you've always gotten. How do you challenge yourself as a leader today to, to be able to embrace that, even though your compass, your purpose is the same, but being open to, to change and doing things differently? Well, I think if, if your purpose is, and a purpose is usually something that it, it's never going to end. Like my purpose, uh, how I kind of phrase it for myself is, I love to help people find their wings and give them a chance to fly. Like that's my purpose in life. So when I get up in the morning and I have an chance and I have the opportunity to do that for someone that gives me energy, that fuels me, that just, uh, that just kind of lightens my load and, and makes it worthwhile for me. So by knowing that that's my purpose, well, then there's all sorts of different ways that I can achieve that purpose. It, it also means that, uh, if I know I have a day full of activities that have nothing to do with that, I have to do paperwork. And then I, I realize that if I, if I really want to lift myself up, I'll build into my day the opportunity to do that thing that, that gives me that energy. Uh, because I know it gives me energy and because that's my ultimate purpose, it makes me very open and receptive when people come in with ideas. So their idea could be very, very different than mine. But if I put it through a purpose lens, then the, the idea itself is um, is just a beginning of a conversation to figure out. So then, therefore, what might that mean in order to achieve my purpose? They're not changing my purpose. They're giving me ideas to explore that might actually help me uh, achieve my purpose even more. Well, and something else you said there, Jody, that I think is super impactful, to, especially to all the leaders out there today, is, is that if you're, if in your case, you know your purpose is to help somebody recognize or identify their wings and then give them the ability to fly. Mm-hmm. If they come into you with an idea about X, Y, and Z, but you, and you're looking at just the idea, you might miss 
the fact that, that does that idea help them with their wings fly? Uh, or is it just about the idea? Right. Um, and so because your focus is on them instead of the idea, the idea becomes a means to delivering hopefully your purpose through their purpose of their wings, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, how we actually deploy it at Vitamix is I, um, I've taught, we have a culture where the people that we're trying to hire and bring into the organization are people that they either already have a, a personal purpose that drives them or they, um, in the interview process, you can tell that they, they quickly can, uh, they get the concept, but maybe they've never had an opportunity to develop it. But once you start talking about the concept of having a personal purpose, then they start to relate to it. And the third category is, is individuals who nobody's ever given them permission to even explore the idea of having a personal purpose. But when you talk about it, you can immediately see their eyes light up and say, yes, I, I get that. And sometimes they'll adopt the company's purpose because they don't have one of their own. They hadn't thought about it. But now that they have permission to, to have a purpose, they, they cling to one that really makes sense for them. The reason that's important is, uh, is the, the research that I did when I was at Case Western getting my PhD was on personal purpose. And what I found was uh, when, when somebody has a personal purpose, that they can identify with, it releases this intrinsic or internal drive. And you are uh, incredibly more engaged in whatever you're doing. You're, incre- you're more engaged at your job, whatever that job is, even if, you're, even if the company doesn't necessarily have a higher purpose. It just, it's driving you to be your best. It's driving you to look at life differently. It's driving you to be more engaged and committed. But the third one that it drives is this unbelievable level of, uh, of life satisfaction. And then it becomes, uh, you're driven by a purpose, something, something, it's not a goal that you can either accomplish or not. You can't, right. if you're purpose driven, you, you can't fail because you, it's just a matter of seeking opportunities to, to live that purpose. If you're focusing on an end goal, well, maybe for whatever reason, you're not going to make that particular goal and or you make the goal and you realize, oh, that's not everything I thought it was cut out to be. Right? You have people say, my my goal is to be the president or CEO of a, of a company. Well, I can tell you that it's not the easiest job in the world. And if that's your goal, you're going to have a lot of days where you're going to think to yourself, what in the world was I thinking? Like the job itself is not particularly fulfilling some days, but because my uh, my purpose is to help people find their wings and fly. When uh, when my father first came to me and said, I think I'm, I'm planning on retiring and I need to find uh, someone to be the next president CEO. And I said, perfect, I'll help you find this person. So it's really, really important that this person has a, has a vision and a purpose as big as I do because I don't want to be hitting my head against a brick wall just because somebody is limiting me. And my dad said that he was, at that point, he said, I'm, I'm thinking of you. I laughed hysterically. I mean, I laughed for the longest time. And tears are coming down my eyes. I said, you are such a dad. Like, of course you would say me. I said, but I've never run a company before. I know nothing about running a company. He said, yeah, but you, you have a purpose. You have something that's driving you. And we can teach you how to run the company. But we can't teach somebody to have a purpose that's so aligned with, with what Papa Barnard and and, and my grandfather, his dad, and he uh, was trying to achieve. So that, uh, that, that purpose lens just changes the way you make decisions. 
Yeah, that's that's outstanding. And I think so many people have been taught to believe that you're supposed to be goal oriented to your point that 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 life is a choice. It's a binary, right? You either succeed or you fail. Uh, and when you set goals, you will, you either succeed or fail, but you'll always, you'll, you'll start to look and view the world through the lens of, of those things being your identity. Mm-hmm. When, when you're saying is, is no, when you really kind of run your life based on a purpose, it's not a binary thing. It's a, it's a continuity of, of pursuit of opportunity to live your purpose. And that's really powerful. So my follow-up question to that is to the listeners out there today, how do you help someone identify their wings? Because we get this question a lot, by the way, personally and professionally. I, I, Jeff, I just, Dan, I just, I'm not sure what my purpose is. What they're saying is, is I, I haven't found my wings. How, how, did, how would you take someone through the exercise or, or, the, or the, maybe the conversation around how to identify their wings? Yeah, that is such a great question. And what I have found, because obviously I came out of my research, I'm like, that's it. I'm going to help everyone on the planet understand what their purpose is. And you start talking to people about, about what their personal purpose is, it's actually very intimidating to a lot of people to say, I, I actually have to have something big uh, that's that's life changing that I that I believe in, and how do I how do I identify that? So I, I I broke it down into a a step that comes sooner than identifying your purpose if you're uncomfortable with understanding what that purpose is. Some people some people can jump to it and gravitate to it, but the if not if it doesn't come real easy. Then another step that you might want to do is to identify what your superpowers are. And by superpowers, I mean, what are those things that you just love, love to do? Like if, if you're doing this, you time, time no longer matters. You are just in the moment and you're, you're full of just enjoying that time when you're doing it. And then the second one so you have to enjoy doing it. You have to be good at it. Where others, and this is where others come in, you can ask them, what is it that I am really, really good at? And they can give you a list of things that you're really good at. Then you look at that list and you say, of those things that I'm really good at, what are the ones that I just love doing where time doesn't matter? And then the, net, the third question to ask yourself is, do, does it give me energy? So, our whole day is just a matter of energy coming in and going out. And if you're, if you get to the end of the day and you come home from work and you are just exhausted and drained, then you probably have been giving energy all day long and you haven't been getting energy. But if there's certain things that you know that you do that give you energy and you know, you love doing them and you're good at them, then you could you could be at the end of the day and you can still have that energy. Those are things that are your superpowers. For, for some reason, those seem easier for people to identify. So if you think about um, when I say superpowers, well, I can ask those questions of myself. One of the things that I absolutely love to do is I love to help people discover something about themselves that they didn't, they didn't even know existed. Like in a conversation when I'm talking to somebody, I'm just listening to what they're saying. And I'll say, oh, so you really enjoy doing such and such. And oftentimes people say, well, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I I guess I kind of do. Well, how often do you get a chance to do that? Well, not enough. What might we be able to do? um, What opportunities do you have where you could do more of that? And the next thing I know, we're having conversations about uh, the Maybe they were, this conversation started out that they were really unhappy with their job. And by the end of the conversation, 
now these aren't my employees. I'm just saying friends, family, things like that. But, <laughs> but no, even internally, I, I joke about that. But internally, I, I spend time even with our employees. And, and we may have somebody that's in a job that um, isn't, isn't, they're not getting a chance to use their superpower. And through these conversations, we're able to say, well, you know what, maybe you need to be in this department, or maybe we need to put you on a development plan so that you can get the experience and understanding you need to move into this area. Um, but it, it, it gives the opportunity for people to identify with it. Sometimes when you say personal purpose, it feels really intimidating, like now I have to commit to something that's, that's really big and it's overwhelming. But in reality, my, what I have is my purpose to help people find wings and give them a chance to fly. It just happens to be my superpower. And, and so I get to do that. Like if I'm, if I come into the office and I know my whole day looks like reading reports and digging into the finances and, and just really doing a lot of things that I call them uh, my kryptonite. Don't tell my board, but (laughs) (laughs) call them my, uh, my kryptonite. And then I I look for opportunities to say, you know what? I think I need a break. I think I'm just going to go, to the break room and I'm just going to carry on conversations with people and see if, if I can uh, use a little bit of my uh, superpower and, and bring that energy level back up so that I can go back into the things that are sucking my energy away, but I have energy to give that way. That's outstanding. Let me, let me recap what you just said, because I think it's so powerful for the listeners is you, know, you may already know your purpose, but it also may feel like that's overwhelming and way too large. So we'll, we'll, we'll bring it down and we'll say, okay, what do you like doing? Step one, what are you actually good at doing that you like doing? Step two, and by the way, other people have told you that you're good at it, not just your own opinion. Step three, of those things, what are the ones that, that bring you a lot of energy uh, in a good way? So if you start to run that gamut, you start to recognize what you would call your superpower. And then what I would add to what you said is, and correct me if I'm misinterpreting this, then your purpose then becomes, how do you use those things that you just identified to make the world a better place for other people? That's your purpose. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think, gosh, we could probably just stop right there. People are probably taking notes or pulling off their car to the side of the road. and They're writing down that little formula uh, for themselves personally, but for the leaders out there on there who are sitting there going, I don't even, I've never had this conversation with my employees before. This is amazing. Um, and here you are leading how many people uh, at Vitamix? How many employees do you guys have? Uh, well, well, but but wait, there's more. I have to say, uh, <laughs> not not channeling just, your inner papa. <laughs> <laughs> not just this. Does this help uh, it, us as individuals and as leaders be uh, more effective and um, and to be able to have be more fulfilled ourselves? But if you think about it, if you take the time to help every single person in your world, especially those that are working for you, help them identify their superpowers. Now what you've done is you've released this unbelievable amount of intrinsic motivation uh, within themselves. And uh, for instance, and then the next step is to help, help your employees figure out how does that superpower, and if they do more of that superpower, how does it help move the company's purpose or mission along? Uh, for instance, our, our director of communications, now I mentioned at the beginning, we're going to be celebrating our 100th anniversary. Wait, we got a lot of history. So our director of communications loves history. And, and one of his superpowers is taking history and turning it into something that is relevant and is, a, is an engine, if you will, to, to catapult things forward. He does it all the time, not just a Vitamix. He just loves doing this. And so you think you take somebody where that is their superpower 
and you give them the opportunity to be the director of communications at a company that's almost 100 years old, I don't, I don't have to provide oversight for him. I don't have to remind him. Don't forget to talk about our history. I don't have to <laughs> um, micromanage because I know that it is superpower. He loves it. He gets energy. He's going to do it right because it's, it's personal to him because this is something he loves to do and gives him energy. So all of a sudden right. where you felt like as a leader, you might have to, to intervene and, and micromanage and be involved in this type of thing. If you surround yourself with people whose purpose, their personal purpose is such that by them doing their personal purpose, they're going to get done what you need done without your oversight because now it's personal. You've just released an unbelievable amount of engagement and, and focus and the right decisions being made without you feeling that you need to uh, provide that, that oversight or that micromanagement of it. That's great. Wow. Um, boy, I know we're, we're kind of already, already out of time and we've, this has gone so fast, but a, a couple of last kind of parting questions I think will be valuable. I'm always fascinated, as I mentioned to you in the pre-show, my oldest daughter is a freshman at Ohio State and, and she's really, she's in communication and, and she's got, she's got pretty good identification of her superpowers at this point. Uh, what advice would you give to some aspiring female leaders out there as a female executive today uh, to encourage them in a way to say, hey, don't listen to this white noise out here. That's not helpful to you. But here's what I would tell you to, to, to listen to as, a, you know, as an aspiring female leader. Well, this really has nothing to do with whether we're female or not. And uh, it, it really goes back to take the time to step back and figure out what it is. What is your uh, superpowers, if you will? And then truly use it to make decisions. So the reason I found my uh, purpose and superpowers is because when I was 30, I had an illness that uh, I almost didn't make it. And I got through that and I thought, ah, I'm never going to take another day uh, in my life for granted. And I am going to live in a way that I feel like I can make a difference while I'm on this planet. Like that was, that was a catalyst for me. Don't go there. Like don't look for one of those opportunities. <laughs> um, I, I recommend people to say, what, what is it that, um, how can I make a difference and how do I do that really well? And use that as your lens to make decisions. Don't, um, don't work for a company whose culture is something that is going to be a kryptonite for you, that it's going to pull your energy away. When you're looking for that next opportunity, whether you're a recent graduate or you're, or you're in a job right now that maybe you're feeling you get to the end of the day and you're just like, oh, I don't want to go back there tomorrow. That's not a good sign. I mean, I'm just saying, right? This is a red flag. But what you do is you say, why do I not want to go back there? What is it that is not thinking and jiving with, with who I am and where my energy comes from and the difference that I can make and use that as your compass and make decisions that are going to allow you to get, to make the difference that you want to make while you're on this planet. And you'll be able to, for instance, my, my purpose, I apply that lens when I'm talking to my daughters and I, and it, it may be annoying to them, possibly I'll ask them someday, but I, I'm always putting it through the lens of how do I use the, the fact that this moment happened instead of getting angry or upset or yelling at them because they did something that in my mind, I'm like, oh, how could you possibly have done that? I think I take a breath and I say, okay, so what, what might they be able to understand about themselves? What wings might they be able to spread because they now have this moment under their belt? What might they be able to uh, realize who they are? And so it, through my lens of this purpose, I 
I use it in every aspect of my life, every decision I make, the decisions, inter- conversations I have with employees or with the community, or, or even if you're doing a podcast, <laughs> uh, just really saying why um, use that as your lens for every every single decision that you make, all the way down to what job you take. Yeah, that's great. Uh, boy, we could we could do this in a three part series. I think uh, Jody, we could, this would be fantastic for our listeners. So, where can uh, where can folks learn a little bit more about about you and about Vitamix and uh, just in general? Where should where should we point them? Well, Vitamix is pretty easy. Just go online and, and look up Vitamix. We have our obviously our website. Um, we are, as I mentioned, celebrating our 100th anniversary next year. So uh, this is not out yet, but my sister and I are writing a book. And it's not going to be a a coffee table book. It is going to be a historical novel that just talks about the whole journey of 100 years and what happens when the the next generation, in our case, the fifth and sixth generation, what what happens when they actually get a chance to travel back in time and experience these moments when Papa Barnard is doing the infomercial or when he's demonstrating the can over for the very first time or when my my grandfather was at the state fair and, and... uh, and demonstrating to the people that were rolling up the carpet, like what's that moment like? Uh, and so we're writing, we're writing a novel. It's not out there yet, but if you wait a couple months, it'll be out there uh, next fall. Fantastic. And as soon as it's available, let us know. And we will actually go back and tag it into this podcast. So everybody who listens to it in the future can have a link back to that book. Uh, any other parting final thoughts? I mean, I feel like, um, you know, Dan and I've taken, copious pages of notes in our mind about what we've learned from you today. And I know our audience has as well. Any, any final words of wisdom that you might pass on to the, to the, to the listener today? My final words of wisdom is believe in yourself. Every single one of us has something that is unique about us and we, we are special and believe in yourself, believe that you can make a difference. That's the very first step is believing that you can. And then Figuring out how you can make a difference is relatively easy. The hardest thing for people to overcome is believing that they actually can. And I'm telling you, you can. Every single one of you can make a difference. That's excellent. So we've been uh, we've been chatting this podcast with Jody Berg, president and CEO of Vitamix. But as we've learned from her, that's just simply part of her what. Her why is clear that she is a, a wing identifier who helps people identify their purpose and then teaches them how to fly. Right. And I've learned a lot about about I've learned a lot about confirming my purpose in just our conversation with you today. So thank you so much for being on our podcast. We really appreciate having you. You are welcome. Have a great day. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.